Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for October 20th, 2022. I'm teaching a series entitled Pursuing Grace-Based Success. I want you to be a success. God wants you to be a success. You want to be a success, but you want to be a success God's way. Put this in the chat. I am a success because I pursue success God's way. I am a success God's way because I'm doing things God's way. My life is not about me. My life is not about selfish desires. My life is not about selfish pursuits. My life is not about me at all. My life is all about him. And because my life is about God, the God who made me, who created me, who designed me, and who designed me, and then who dispatched me into this world, my life is all about him. I get to live an amazing life. It is the life that God destined for me from the foundations of the world. The title of today's message is Pursuing Grace-Based Success, Part 24. And today I'm going to give you some reasons why people don't accept their divine assignment. I'm going to give you some reasons why people don't accept their divine assignment, but that's not going to be you. Put this in the chat. Say, I accept what God called me to be, or I accept my calling, but just say, I accept, I accept it. Father, no matter how big the calling, no matter what it's going to cost me, no matter how much time, energy, effort, no matter what I have to do to become the man or the woman that, that you call me to be, you sent me to this planet, you designed me, so I accept my call, my calling. My calling is calling me. And when I get to heaven, I want you to be able to look at me and say, well done. I didn't live my life on my own terms. I accept my calling. I put my life in God's hands. Let's get ready for the word. I'm excited about this message. My calling is calling me and I accept it. Say that my calling is calling me. My calling every day when I get up, nobody has to pump me or prime me or get me motivated, get me excited. I don't need external motivation. Why? Because my calling is calling me. And the clearer the vision for your calling, the stronger the pull. My calling is calling me. Let's get into it for this morning. So uh, our foundational scriptures, let's get through those. Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 8 through 10, the Bible says, I mean that you were saved by grace. All you did was believe, right? You didn't save yourself. It was a gift from God. All you could do with the gift is receive it. So you didn't say, you're not saved by the things that you've done. You, you are saved by the grace of God. So you have nothing to boast about. In verse 10, the Bible says, God, in Christ Jesus, God made us a new creation so that we could spend the remainder of our days doing the good works that God had before ordained for us to do. So say, say this, I have work to do. There's work for you to do. You can't sit around being lazy. At the end of the day, God didn't, God didn't call you. You're not saved to sit. You're saved to serve. So you have work to do. And so it's not about you. It's all about him. First Corinthians chapter one, verses 30 and 31, the Bible says, God has united you with Christ Jesus. Now for our benefit, God made him Jesus to become wisdom itself. So we have access to wisdom and the father made us right with him because of Jesus. Say, I'm the righteousness of God. So because of Jesus, I have wisdom. Because of Jesus, I'm the righteousness of God by faith. And the Bible says that because of Jesus, God made me pure. God made me holy. God freed me from sin. All of that is because of Jesus. None of that is because of me. Verse 31 says, therefore, you have nothing to boast about. Second Timothy 1 and 9 says, God saved me and called me with a holy calling not according to my own works, but according to his own purpose and grace. So God gave me a purpose. 
Listen, I was born with a purpose and God gave me the grace for the purpose. I was born with an assignment and God has already given me the grace for the assignment. God made the, gave me the purpose and the grace in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. So God did all of that. I am destined. I'm called. I'm graced. I'm anointed. I'm appointed for such a time as this. In 3 John 2, the Bible says, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, but it's only going to happen even as your soul prospers. And then finally, Ecclesiastes chapter 5. There's a lot of scriptures I read to you every day, but this is good. It's God's word and God watches over his word to perform it. It's okay. You should allow the word of God to get down in your heart. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, the Bible says, this is Solomon saying, even so, I'm a king. God has given me I have more money than anybody on the planet. God has given me more wisdom than anybody. It's all about God. It's not about me. And so let me tell you something. I've learned one thing that's good. Here's one thing that's good. What is that, Solomon? It's good for people to eat and drink and enjoy their work under the sun, doing the short life that God has given them and to accept their lot in life. Say this, put this in the chat. I accept my lot in life. Whatever my calling is, I'm down for it. Like I, And no matter what it's going to cost me, I'm down for it. That's what I'm going to talk about today. Solomon goes on to say, and it is a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it. That's a good thing. To enjoy your work and to accept your lot in life, man, this is indeed a gift from God. And God keeps such people so busy enjoying life that they have no time to brood over the past. Come on, I don't have time to brood over the past. I'm not going to sit here nursing and rehearsing the past or problems, whether the past had problems or successes. Either way, the past is the past. It's forward ever, backward never. The best is yet to come with me. All right, you ready? So what does this mean for you today? Well, what are some of the reasons? I'm going to give you three. Some reasons why people do not accept their divine assignment. I'm going to give you three this morning. And obviously, you know, we're going to overcome these things. You ready? All right, three. Here we go. Number one, selfish ambition. Selfish ambition. Now, now I, I, I am a pretty aggressive person. And I, I believe that when you open up your heart to God's grace, you got to open it up all the way and go after it, right? So some people will, will confuse you chasing or pursuing God's will with self-ambition. But there's a, there's a revelation of a difference. And so there's a big difference between the two. So self-ambition, this is what the Bible says. I, I, I'm sorry, the, def, the dictionary. Noah Webster's Dictionary from 1828 of the American English language says this about ambition. Ambition is an inordinate desire for power, often accompanied with illegal means to obtain the object. Desirous of power, desirous of honor, desirous of an office or position or a title. It is superiority or excellence. It is eager or fame. So this is somebody that's willing to do whatever they have to do to get some type of title or position or power or things or stuff. That is self-ambition. That's not what I believe the Bible teaches at all. The Bible teaches that everything that I need to accomplish what God has called me to do, and it's all about him, not about me, then everything that's required to perform God's will for my life has already been stored up for me. And as I'm walking out my divine assignment and I accept my lot in life, then these things will be released to me at just the right time. So at that point, my life is all about him, it's not about me. But to be clear, there are some people that are walking in self-ambition. See, see, wanting to do better life 
is not a bad thing at all. You should want to do better. Wanting to make a difference in this world is actually a good thing. But when your desires trump God's desires, or when your will is above God's will, that's when you are operating in pride, and then pride leads to destruction, the Bible says. So in this series, I've driven home the point over and over and over again that you will never be a success in God's eyes doing something that God did not call you to do. So in the kingdom of God, success is measured in purpose. And so your your singular focus in life must be your purpose. Say this, put this in the chat or say it out loud. I live by purpose. I live my life on purpose with a purpose, for purpose. So I'm focused on my purpose. Now there's some people that are focused on things that are not God's will, and they just focus on what they want to do. So some people allow pride to keep them on the path of self-interest, or let me say it another way, selfish interest, instead of God's plan for their life. And so there are some Christians, watch this, there are some Christians that actually refuse to ask God what his purpose for their life is because they don't want to give up their plans. I actually had somebody tell me, I don't know if I want God to really speak to me like that because I already have plans. I got a, I got short-term goals, long-term goals. You know, I got a five-year roadmap. I got a 10-year roadmap. I got all of this stuff mapped out for my life. And I don't want God to come mess that up. What if God comes and tells me that this is not what I'm supposed to be doing? And what if God comes and tells me that I need to go do something else? I don't, I ain't trying to do all that. You know what that is? That's a a person who is selfish, full of pride and self-centered. So now you have somebody who is willing to put themselves above God. You should want to know what God's plans are. You should want to know what God's desire is. You should want to know, God, I I don't want to have anything in my life that's above you. So Father, if I am doing something, that is selfish and self-centered. If I am doing something that that came up, I came up with in my heart and, and it wasn't in your heart for me, please let me know. Let me know so I can stop doing it. I want to know so that I can deny myself and pick up my cross and follow you. True success is found when we die to ourself and die to selfish ambitions in order to embrace God's assignment. At the end of the day, our life should be all about him. Our our life should be about accepting God's assignment and not our assignment. True success is about picking up your cross daily and following Jesus. In Mark 8, verses 34 and 35, from the easy to read version, Jesus said, any of you, this is Jesus speaking, not me, any of you who want to be my follower must stop thinking about yourself and what you want. If you want to be my disciple, my follower, you must stop thinking about yourself and what you want. You must be willing to carry the cross that is given to you for following me. When you get in the line and say, I want to follow Jesus, they go, oh, well, stand in this line. We're issuing something. What what is that? And they're issuing it out, issuing it out. When you get up there and it's your turn, what are you giving me? Oh, here's a cross. There's a personal cross that is issued to you for following Jesus. God has never required any less than all of you. If you want to follow Jesus, you must pick up your cross, die daily, and follow him. And then Jesus said, now any of you who try to follow me, but you try to hold on to your old life, you're going to lose it. Nothing is going to work. But if you willingly give up your old life and you follow me, you will find true and everlasting life. So if you want life, you need to lose your life. 
You lose your life in Christ. If you lose your life in Christ, you will find the life that God destined for you to have, and it will be a life of genuine success because you will then become the man or the woman that God called you to be. But if you say, no, 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 I ain't trying to do all that. I already have plans, and you keep your plans above God's plans, and you keep your will above God's will, then even if people call you a success down here in this world, you will never be a success in God's eyes. You're going to get, if you do go to heaven, you're going to get to heaven only to realize that you wasted the one life that God gave you. Now, let me give you some encouragement for those of you like me that are willing to give up anything. Listen, don't be afraid of giving up anything for God. Whatever I give up, say this, put this in the chat. Whatever I give up becomes a seed. Oh, glory to God. So whatever, God, I really wanted this but you told me not to do it, so I give it up. That becomes a seed. Whatever you give up becomes a seed, and you sow it into the kingdom, and God will see to it. He's the Lord of the harvest. He will see to it that you reap a harvest on every seed sown. So one of the reasons why I teach against selfishness and pride so much is because it's opposite to the grace of God. You know me, I'm teaching the grace life every day. So when you are caught up in pride, when you are selfish, when you are self-centered, your life is all about you. But when you die to self, when you give up your life, you follow Jesus and you live the grace life, your life is all about him. And take it from me, living the grace base or the grace life is much better. At that point, you have no pressure to perform. You're not trying to live your life on your own terms. Let me say this. If your life is all about you, then when you need something, since it's your will, it's your bill. But over here, when I'm living the grace life, oh, glory to God, I'm not living my life on my own terms. I remind God all the time. I was minding my own business when you told me to do this thing. And so now if I'm over here, if I need something, if our ministry needs a building, if, if we need some type of machinery, if we need some type of equipment, if we need whatever we need. What God, uh, if Isabella's business, God told her to do it. So if Isabella's business needs some type of certification or some type of qualification or some type of whatever you need, God, hey, over here, since it's God's will, it's God's bill. And so I could just put the bill right there before God and remind you, Father, that I live the grace life. I'm not taking on any pressure to perform. My life is not about me. My life is all about you. And the church said, amen. All right, well, that was number one. I told you I had three things. Number two. Some people don't accept the call because of the magnitude of the call, because they see it as something that's too big. They go, oh, no, I, I can never do that. So, so, so while some people refuse to give up their plans because of selfish ambitions, other people freely give up their plans for Jesus, only to find out then that God is calling them to do something that is exceedingly, abundantly above all they can ask or think or even imagine. That's Ephesians 3 and 20. And at that point, it causes a different problem. Some people, because they don't understand, I have to be in faith to tap into God's grace, they go, oh man, I don't know if I could ever do that. I don't know, God is calling me to do this, but I don't know if I could ever do it. And at that point, they're dealing with fear and doubt and unbelief. And that's why the things of God must be received by faith. When you finally get to the point where you die to self, die to your limits, and put your life in God's hands, and the Holy Spirit begins to reveal to you what was stored up for you but concealed from you. And the Holy Spirit now begins to pull back the veil so you can see, man, this is what God called me to do. And this is what God has already stored up for me. At that point, you are going to need to see everything through the lens of faith and listen to everything through the filter of faith. Because if you're not looking through the lens of faith and listening through the filter of faith, then it will be so big that it will scare you. 
It will be so big that it will scare you to death if you're not in faith. It will be so big that you're like, man, I could never do that. Like, I, I like, and because if you really open up your heart to God's grace, God is going to allow you to see things on His level, and His level is always going to scale whatever your level. You, you're thinking on the scale of tens and hundreds, and God is thinking on the scales of thousands and millions. And you're like, oh man, I want to impact ten kids or fifty kids, and God is like, why not fifty thousand? And you're like, oh. How in the world? And so, so if you feel like you can't earn or you can't deserve what God is telling you to do, then right, you probably stumbled upon the will of God. Let me say that again. If you're right now, sometimes you go into your prayer closet and you see this thing, and the vision is big, is bigger than 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 the money you have. It's bigger than the education you have. It's bigger than the experience you have. It's bigger than the connections you have. Then, then you have probably stumbled across the will of God. At that point, God's plan is all about him. It's not about you. And so what you have to do is be in faith. It is your faith that taps into God's grace. When God reveals to you the fullness of his assignment for your life, it's okay to initially feel overwhelmed and undeserving. Why? Because you don't deserve it. So you know why you don't feel, oh, I feel undeserving. You know why? Because you don't deserve it. Because you didn't earn it. That's okay. It's okay to feel like that. Get over it. It's all about God. Jesus made you worthy. So when God planned, the life that God planned for your life is bigger than anything that you could earn or deserve. This is why you must embrace the grace of God. Say, I embrace the grace. See, you, this is why you got to live the grace life. God has been, and he will continue to be better to you than you deserve. Say that. Say, God is better to me than I deserve. Why? Because God blesses me by grace. God is good. God blesses me because God is good, not because I'm so good. So if you come up with it, it will be too small for God. If God comes up with it, it will be too big for you. So you have to accept the, the assignment. You got to walk in the magnitude of it. Listen, when you, when you comprehend the magnitude of the assignment that God has given you, God is looking for two things from you, acceptance and agreement. Say, I accept it and say, I agree. When you agree, how do you agree? You say, amen. So you, God is looking for your acceptance and God is looking for your amen in faith. God, listen, all the promises of God are in him, yes, and in you, amen. Let me say that again. All the promises of God are in him already, yes. And what God is looking for from you is your amen. So you say this, say, I put an amen on it. You got to put an amen on what God has called you to do. Your job is to say, amen. I, I, I may not feel worthy. I may not feel like I've deserved it. It may be bigger than anything I imagined. It may be bigger than what I plan to do. But at the end of the day, I accept it and I agree. I put an amen on it. I'm going to say, yes, if it's God's will, then it's God's bill. Say amen to that. This is how we live our life all about him and not about us. You got it? All right, number three. And finally, some people don't want to put in the work and they don't want the headache. Said another way, some people are just too lazy to do what God has called them to do. Some people don't want to put in the work. Some people don't want the headache. So let me say this. I'm going to give you some examples of people that were living one life and then God revealed to them another life and they embraced it. But this other life required a lot of work, right? Say this, I have work to do. All right. So here we go. David has spent all his life learning how to be a good shepherd to his father's sheep. And he was cool. He enjoyed it. That's what he was doing. He killed a lion and a bear with his bare hands. His brothers weren't out there playing tag with him. Fine. He lived his life out there. It was him and God and him and his sheep. And he was cool with that. But then the Lord called. I mean, David did had no idea 
the Lord sent a prophet to his house and the prophet said, I have chosen you. The Lord has chosen you to be the next king of Israel. David had no idea that that was going to be his calling, but him becoming the king of Israel was going to be a lot harder than him being a shepherd over a few sheep. So David had to deal with neighboring nations. David had to deal with generals and soldiers and, and military commanders. David had to lead uh, a nation, his military through war after war after war and constant battles in order to expand the kingdom. David had to deal with the cares of the people of Israel, but it was a lot of work. But David willingly accepted his assignment, right? Why? Because it was God's call. And his acceptance opened the door to the grace of God. And so God graced a little boy who was not prepared to be a king to become the king of Israel. Why? Because it was the grace of God and he was willing to put in the work and he was willing to deal with whatever headaches came his way, right? And all I'm saying is don't be lazy. If you want to be who it is that God has called you to be, you want to be a success, you're going to have to put in the work. And you're going to have to deal with whatever comes your way. Let's talk about Peter. Peter was running a fishing business when God called him to become a fisher of men. Not only that, God called Peter to be the leader of the first century church. Peter was a man who was uneducated, and he had to deal with the most educated men of his day who were studied, who had studied under, you know, basically the law of Moses. And so now Peter had to deal with educated people and lead them to Jesus. That was no easy task. The movement, he had to lead a movement that was bigger than him. That was a lot of work. He didn't have the education. He didn't have the experience for it. But what, what he did have was the grace. And all he had to do was say yes. If you put an amen on it and you say yes, it opens the door to the grace of God. And Peter was able to do what he could have never done without God in the face of opposition and persecution. It was hard. Peter was crucified upside down. Peter was killed for his divine assignment. Peter was going up against persecution and opposition on a daily basis. It was a lot of work, but he embraced the grace to do it. Why? Because it was his calling. He didn't run from it. He ran to it. And that's, if you want to be a success, that's what you're going to have to do. Say, I have work to do. All right, Moses. Moses was minding his own business in the middle of a desert. When God called him, God called him to go back to Egypt and to lead his people out. So Moses was minding his own business living a quiet and a simple life when God gave him a call. And so now he accepted the call. He has work to do. God, what do you want me to do? Go back and stand before Pharaoh. Tell Pharaoh, let my people go. He had to deal with the plagues. He had to lead through that. He then had to deal with getting millions of people to y'all get ready to go. Then he had to deal with getting millions of people, go talk, stop by the Egyptian's house and take their stuff. God wants you to get their gold and silver and precious stones before we leave. God doesn't want you to leave empty-handed. And so so, so, so he, he leads them to do that. Then, then God says, now lead all of these people to this body of water. Then they get to the body of water, and the water is in front of them, and, and, and Pharaoh's behind them. And he's like, what did you brought us here to die? God says, no, no, no. Uh, listen, hold up the staff. Boom. He leads them across the sea. He leads them uh, swallows up Pharaoh's army. He leads them into the wilderness. And then he has to lead millions of people for 40 years dealing with all their issues and all their problems. Why? Because that's what God called them to do. Say, I have work to do. So listen, he was living a quiet and a simple life. And God said, no, 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 no. You have work to do. Listen, sometimes we like at a stage in our life where, okay, I'll talk about Isabella and I now. 2015, we're about to retire from the military. Both of us are going to retire on the same day. Whew, I don't know what we're going to do. 
but I know it ain't going to be like military. Ooh, this is going to be good. We worked hard in the military. Now we're going to take a knee. It's going to be awesome. Isabella said, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. I'm going to bake cookies for the kids. I'm going to go to soccer games. I'm going to bring all the snacks. This is going to be awesome. And then God said, no, that's not what I, <laughs> what I want you to do. I was like, what? And so now we're busier than we've ever been. As I had no idea in 2015 that we would have a school in the Dominican Republic, that we would have a church in the Dominican Republic, that Isabella would be even running a business, that she would be the CEO of a growing business. We had no idea that I would be uh, involved with the Hispanic and Latinx community in the United States and, and seeking to work with Hispanic supporting institutions to build a diverse pipeline of talent so that, that young Hispanics and, 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 and Latin kids can see themselves doing something in technology someday or disadvantaged kids or the African-American community. I had no idea that I would be involved in this stuff. I'm still preaching the gospel. We still have our ministry. We're involved with our local church. We're preaching all over the nation. We still, and I'm getting calls all the time, emails, hey, we got to pay this. Hey, we need to buy that. Hey, we need to buy some new desk in the DR. Hey, we need to do this. Hey, our new Spanish teacher needs this and that. Listen, some people don't want the headache. Some people don't want the headache. Isabella's dealing with, dealing with all kinds of stuff with, with her business on a daily basis. Some people just don't want the headache. Some people don't do what God is calling them to do because they don't want to work. They don't want to put in the work and they don't want to deal with the headache and they just don't want to do it. But I'm telling you, if you accept the assignment, if you put an amen on it, the grace of God is already available to you to do it. David had to deal with wars. Peter had to deal with persecution. Moses had to deal with complaining people. Isabella and I have to deal with the hassle of doing ministry in developing nations. When we were building that school and now still building the church, in the middle of COVID, we were building the school and we had to deal with all of that. It takes work. Some people don't want to deal with it. But if you want to become the man or the woman that God has called you to be, if you want to be a success in life, you are going to have to accept the grace for the assignment. It's much easier to say, God, Isabella and I, we could, we could move to the Dominican Republic right now and with our military ret retirement, never have to work another day in our lives and just go, be, go hang out. We can go to resorts every month and all of that. But we have work to do. Ephesians 2 and 10 says, in Christ Jesus, God made you a new creation so that you could spend the remainder of your days doing the good work that God had before ordained for us to do. We're not on this planet to just go to the beach, or even though I like it. We're not on this planet to just go hang out and go to parties, even though I like it. No, we're on this planet to do something. And we have to be about it. We can't just be talking about it. It's time to be about it. You have work to do. Say amen to that. Oh, that was good. Now, now, so let's let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. Oh my God, this was good. Speak this over your life. Say, Father. I thank you for teaching me about grace-based success. Some have failed to accept their lot in life because they have selfishly and pridefully placed their will above yours. I am not like them. I willingly die to self. I voluntarily give up my plans for your plans. I lose my life in you. And in so doing, I discover the life that you plan. You are revealing your kingdom plans and purposes to me. And sometimes, Father, it makes me feel overwhelmed because your plans are so big. 
when I think of all the mistakes I've made, and then I think of what you're calling me to do, I often feel unworthy of the task. But your word has taught me that Jesus made me worthy. Therefore, I put an amen on it. I accept the assignment. I could never be good enough, but Jesus was good enough for me. I could never earn it, but Jesus earned it for me. So I think about the magnitude of the calling that is on my life. And all I say is I believe, I receive, I accept, and I cooperate with you. Without you, I cannot. But without me, you will not. Together, Father, we're going to change the world. Greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow, I have another one. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages and you want my notes, you get my notes for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address there. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, this is good teaching. This is something you might want to share with somebody. People need to know that our life can't be about us. Our life has to be all about him. So leave me some comments in the chat. Share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Have an amazing day. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to learn more about our ministry or you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit ripministries.org. You will learn there what we're doing in the Caribbean, providing a Christ-based education to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic. We also provide them a hot meal every day. If you would like to partner with us, click on the donate button. All the donations are tax deductible in the United States. If you don't have my book, Level Up Your Life, go to rickpina.co and get the book today. From rickpina.co, you'll also see that I have journals and I also have some other products and apparel and etc. all centered around the grace life. And then lastly, if you enjoy this content, but you want direct access to Isabella and I, the Lord impressed it upon my heart for Isabella and I to start mentoring people, giving people access to us to be able to ask us questions. We're answering questions about ministry, about missions, nonprofit, for-profit, I'm addressing things as far as how I preach, our approach to preaching. We're putting out private content just for a specific group in the Patreon. So please visit patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina if you're interested in this material. Have an amazing day.